The last of the great human freedoms is the ability to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. And I can extract myself from the suffering because my attitude can trump my ego's frustration about the situation if I lock in power of my mind to choose differently. I'm going to master this thing called teaching. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to travel whatever distance. I'm going to pay whatever price to give my service of love across this planet. And I'm not going to let any human being on the face of this planet stop me, not even myself. And genius is available in all of us in the area of our highest value when we care enough intrinsically to be inspired to go after solving those problems. It's, it's waiting for all of us to do that. We can expand our awareness, consciousness, to expand who we are as beings into this new human being that we're becoming. It's the tension and the contrast that actually helps to push us through to the next level of evolution. Our cells have consciousness and so does the bacteria. So we can also tune into our bodies and, and work with our bodies more knowing that and appreciating these billions of points of consciousness. Now when that change takes place, the momentum that's created in our life from that moment on is monumental insights, the wisdom, the guidance, the direction, the spontaneous goodness, serendipity, coincidence. Things start to work together for good because we're now in a flow of our personal mind, but we're in the flow of the mind of God. Welcome to the Whole Human Optimization Show. This podcast is entirely devoted to the exploration of physical vitality, emotional well-being, and mental fitness. The intention of each episode is to help you discover your deepest truth by ending the cycles of limitation, addiction, and self-sabotage. I am your host, Ronnie Landis, and today we are going to go on a journey into the frontiers of whole human optimization. Let's go. Greetings and aloha. Welcome to another episode of the Whole Human Optimization Show. I'm your host as always, Ronnie Landis, and I'm joined by a very, very dear friend, dear sister of mine, a contemporary ally, and uh, someone that I just have the utmost respect for and always love our conversations. And we uh, dive really deep and... Um, her name is Yvonne Delaflor, and this woman is a national treasure, uh, quite a remarkable human being. And we were just talking on the show, and I or before the show started. And one of the ways that I would describe her, just very simply put, is this is a woman that is very, like, very much feet on the ground, like works with people at all levels of the ground floor. Um, in different forms of corporations, business executives, like everything you would imagine in like the quote unquote 3D ground floor. And she's an incredible mystic, and I would even say metaphysician, and mm. works in many different realms of what we would just loosely call consciousness, um, which relates perfectly to a lot of what I want to get into with you today, which is human optimization. Um, and in the, the show is called whole human optimization. It's not just like physical optimization of optimizing your fitness routine or your nutrition program. That's, that's all great. Um, but it's the whole human experience as a whole, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and then everything else kind of is a byproduct from there. 
So with that said, uh, there's a number of things I want to dive deep in with you today. And uh, one of them is around emergence. This is what we just talked about when we're thinking about what we wanted to dive into. This idea of emergence right now, there is a lot emerging in our world and also a lot emerging within all of us individually. Um, so I just want to hand it off to you to open us up into this, this conversation. Um, whatever's present for you in this moment, I'd love for you just to kind of lead us and, um, and, and really just, I, I guess what I want to say is like, what's emerging for you and what do you see emerging in the collective? Yes. So thanks for the incredible intro. This is the first time that someone introduces me as a national treasure. So uh, my spiritual ego is like, oh, pump up, like, yeah. And my my age ego is like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, ancestor of the future generations. It's an honor to be with you and with the people that, you know, you have attracted for yourself. You know, emergence, before I talk to emergence, what is emergence in my life? I want everybody to know that emergence, just like in the womb, you know, before a child is going to be born, before it's born, there are contractions. So before emergence, there are emergencies. Before the light, there is chaos. So I always, you know, I've been speaking a lot about emergence this year with a lot of companies and corporations and entrepreneurs about how emergence it, it really is uh, it's, it's what the soul will look for. No matter how many emergencies, pandemias, uh, fear-driven businesses, politics, governments, uh, systems that are evidently going into emergency mode. This is super important, Ronnie, because some of us will go into fear without being aware that what is happening, um, yes, all good, that what is happening, that what is happening actually is leading us to this emergence. Now, personally, emergence has shown up for me in many fold ways. You know, I've I've been serving the community for more now than 25. Every every year as a year is added, right? This math, but more than 25 years now. And I started serving a lot more like globally with a system that I created that I learned from many teachers. You know, I created it, but it's really a compilation of knowledge. Uh, which is family constellation, shadow work, trauma integration, uh, healthy bonding and attachment, and it's called transcendental rebirthing. And mm -hmm. I started serving in 2006, and I said, you know, the slogan of the whole movement, which now has rebirthed more than 10,327 people, the reason I know is because we track it, uh, it's rebirthing humanity and joy for the emerging and evolving um, elevation of earth and ascension of earth. And I was like, this is crazy. How are we going to mm, do that? Mm. I didn't have to do it. You know, a pandemic came, an emergency came. So what emerged for me was like, it's time. Mm. It's time for you as an ancestor that I am right now of the future generations. I'm get, getting in that stage of really becoming, uh, I'm going to turn 50 this year and to, to earn that juicy ride to become a, a feminine uh, empower, empower, not powerful, empower, mm. empowered, embodied leader. It's time, you know, emergence for me has shown up in number one, uh, show up more fully, obviously with the people that I am with number two, serve even more deeply and more focused, more narrow my attention in Sanskrit. There is a principle called ekagrata, which means it, it means, you know, focusing on that one thing 
which can include multiple things that you do. But that one thing that you came here to serve and trust that what you came to serve with your expertise is going just to multiply, right? So it's emerging for me that uh, also what has been emerging is like, I don't give, you know, I don't give really much care of the the narratives of mm-hmm. the world, the pros, the cons, the blues, the the reds, the vax, mm-hmm. the no vax. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got to stay focused in my lane because I know deep within me that what is emerging is calling for my service mm-hmm. and it's calling for many people. You know, I have survived the emergencies in my life. I have mm-hmm. thrived from them. So now my duty is to emerge and support others in this transition to emerge themselves as well. Mm. Wow, that's that's incredible. I love this concept of an emergency leads to an emergence. And then and that's absolutely I never thought about that, but that's absolutely perfect. The contraction, the expansion, the the caterpillar dissolving into the butterfly, like the the themes are are self-evident and, and omnipresent in all sentient processes, none more present in the human experience. And and this really this brings up a thought that I want to unwind with you for everyone's benefit, which is that like, in my opinion, what, what appears to be happening and what I've experienced within me since 2020, but obviously it's been going on a lot more. It's just been more amplified and magnified, which is this resurrection and redemption event. That's, that's how I've experienced this. And and I experience it first. And what's just, when you realize when you when you when you've unpacked the illusions the de- deceptions the the narratives the that's been going on for quite some time in the holographic movie that we've been watching and living in called society hmm. and then you unpack you unpack that and break away from that you realize that we've been on a particular timeline or trajectory and it seems like so now it feels like there's been something that's been trying to emerge through that. Yes. And I guess I, I bring that up for the single reason to ask the question, like, how do we as human beings in these physical bodies with nervous systems that have been entrained towards fight, flight, or freeze, stress responses and fear and trauma, how do we gracefully go through our own emergence without getting caught in these 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 fear loops that seem to pull us back into regressive patterns i love that question you know for me i I believe through so many human challenges from near that experience divorce diagnosis of diseases from my family deaths you know i always say that my teachers have been the three white the deaths you know in Mm. in nutrition is sugar flour and salt right that you're supposed the three white deaths for me is disease death and divorce those have been my three white white deaths but when you have an emergency when you have a pandemic when you have an emergence of that is pressuring you like a diamond right but you know one of my mentors tim grover uh, says Mm -hmm. pressure is a privilege but how do you how do you understand the privilege when you're going through the pressure and for me in all the things that i've lived through you know i lived through a near-death experience i was in a car accident incident not accident where my arm was caught my leg was out i had no arm i picked up my right arm from the back seat of the car you know you can see in the video i don't know if you can see but it was reattached 
they totally reattached the whole arm. Wait, your arm came off? Yeah, yeah, I picked it up. So I don't know if you can see it, Ronnie. I, I can, I can see it. Yeah. Whoa. So the doctors is the first time reattached. I had to be the first. You know, my ego was like, yeah, we won. <laughs> you know, I kept my arm, but so I have lived emergencies that are really life or death, right? It, it's I lead. I was 28 seconds dead. I picked up my arm, you know, I saw my arm there. I was like, I'm going to take it because probably they're going to attach it. I saw my leg out. I was like, got to put my femur in. So I've gone through so many uh, dark moments, moments of pressure, but they, they taught me this formula for the moments of emergency. And I tell you, you're not going through it all, you know, divorce, death, disease, and obviously that near that experience. But what I learned is that we have to adapt. The more, the more emergencies, the more pandemias, the more fear, it's, it's a call for the spirit to adapt because we are going through a, a process of an emergence of the new human, right? Mm -hmm. Like breaking up from, from the cocoon to the chrysalis and all of that Jungian stuff. But how you do it is a formula, which is adapt. And so people say, but how do I adapt? So one of the things I'm going to say outside of the word adapt is we got to be quick into think of futures right now and, and quick into, into abandon the past and yeah. quick into thinking of future. The glamour right now, Ronnie, and I've served it for many years of the shadow work, of the trauma healing and trauma integration. One of my mentors, his name is uh, Mark Walling. He wrote an incredible yeah, book yeah. that I highly mm -hmm. recommend. He's my mentor for more than 15 years now. Uh, he wrote a book called, I didn't start with you, but it can end with you. Yeah. He always says, if you come with me for me to work with you on the past, let's do that in one session because I don't plan to use all of my time for your past. You already wow. lived it. Right, so right. For me, that was like the glamour and the trend, the glamorization of victimization and trauma. We have to move fast out of there because we may die in the process of our own victimhood uh, mm. putting ourselves as heroes so that's a quick pre the pre-workout of adapting is be willing to park the past honor the past is not a place of residence is neither a death sentence move you know we gotta move that's how we live and think future in the spiritual community you know i've been considered spiritual very practical modern spiritual teacher for more than 25 years it's a challenge which time i speak about future because they're like all there is is the now and i right, always right. say to people who's gonna pay your rent next month why are you planning for the future of your children why are you stocking in health stuff if you if it's all the now and i understand mm. it's all the now but it's an extension we mm. are the creators builders designers of that future so the pre-workout of adapting and really emerging into our most embodied, powerful, mm. you know, self-reliant mm -hmm. and resilient self, it's first that, you know, and mm. then, you know, if you want to comment on something like this, and then I'll move into the formula and how do we adapt in these times of emergency, apparent emergency going into emergence. Okay, so <clears throat> that's that's brilliant. And that brings up this whole thing around you know, rehashing the past and circling back to the past, which it largely is is made up. We embellish the past based on our our pains, our preferences, our our reference points, the 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 unresolved emotional stored imprints inside of us. The emotional charges actually color our past a particular way and cause us to re-experience things that may or may not even have happened 
but to re-experience it in the present moment. So it kind of recycles itself and repeats itself into the future. And this is the big challenge, right? This is the big challenge with like trauma work and, and shadow work. And I, so I just want to like highlight that what what you're saying because I've I've encountered that challenge in the personal development and trauma field and the spiritual world of of personal development where there's like seems to be an obsession about tracing back what happened to me way back when and then let me go back to the last past life and the past life and then constantly going back to trace back so I can understand why I am the way I am versus <clears throat> collapsing the proverbial timelines within myself, within my physical nervous system, so I can actually create who I want to be mm. into the future as a present experience. Yes. Amen. Dr. Joe Dispenza will be cheering up right yeah. now. <laughs> you know, yes, because, you know, we, we are creators and I, I will challenge the thought of like, we create more of the past into the future. We just create old futures. The past right, that we lead right. created an old future back then. So for me, it's mm. like, I'm always super attentive. Is this an old future? I got to park it. I got to let it go. I let go of the future as much as I let and, go. And of we the just past. call that karma, right? Yeah. Or karma or, you know, or a, or a repetitive loop in quantum, in quantum uh -huh, physics, uh -huh. right? It's a loop of, of things. But when we are creators, when we adapt, we kind of like make a like a clash in the matrix because those who adapt create the new scripts create the new narratives it's like how did she survive that near that experience and pick up her arm i don't know but i did and that person is with me right now mm. that that created a seed for the future self that i became right now so now mm. i don't pick up my arm you know all the time but i pick up myself i help right. people uh, i help people go through very dark moments very d deep shadow stuff and move them into the light that is their own into into a revelation that they can use for application of purpose and mm. moving forward because you know revelation without application equals a future in despair only oh. all of the time. Wow, so wow. that's yeah, a yeah, challenge yeah. of trauma and past and feel my feelings. And I'm a woman, you know, I have a lot of emotions and feelings, but that's a, it's such an all narrative. We get to emerge and evolve also in all that narratives. But the formula that I was speaking to you about is how do we adapt? And mm. I've been sharing this as I share with you with so many companies and, and, and people recently in speeches and speaks uh, keynotes that I've been given. And it's, a five-step formula, it's the word A-D-A-P-T, adapt. Number one, and you can tell me you break and you want to speak about each of one. Go for it. Number one is A of awareness. That there's no, there's, there's no way out of meditation, of mm. bread work, of doing, you know, you, you are incredible in the work that you do in treating yourself good in your, in making sure that your amygdala is not overactive, that your prefrontal cortex is, is highlighted, that your parietal lobes are engaged. For those of you who don't understand that, just for you to be present in the mm. moment and do all the flow work that you can right now, that's not spiritual glamour. That's 
a way to emerge in the emergencies. You got to bring awareness to yourself, research, think for yourself. It sounds really cliche or simple, but not many people do it. So awareness, which that you put yourself first in there, you know, there's a self-awareness. Who are you choosing to be every moment? What are mm. you choosing to repeat, create, design? And how are you choosing to vibrate? So that's mm. step number one of five. Number two is make decisions. It is essential to make a decision. I rather make a mistake because I made a decision than be recipient of mistakes of my indecision or be a part of the herd that doesn't decide, that leaves look warm, that, you know, that just ends up in futures that I don't even create it. I didn't come here to live look warm. I didn't survive and thrive through a near-death experience to not decide. I'm going to decide from micro decisions for those of you who are experiencing big lockdowns and all of that. Uh, what am I going to wear? Who am I going to call? Am I going to do exercise even in lockdown? What am I going to eat? What am I, the, the thoughts? I make consistent decisions because they build self-esteem and they build your confidence. Mm -hmm. And the people that don't have confidence right now will give their power into fear. Okay, so we need that. So the third step is A of action, but purposeful action. Everybody needs to take action, even spiritual people sitting down in meditation is action. You don't want to take the action of the dog. I always say that you look busy chasing your tail over and over. That's that's an action that doesn't create results. So action needs to be result oriented. If it's your inner peace. Meditate more. If it's, you know, sales, offer more. If it's mm. a good relationships, date with purpose. Mm. If it's your health, you know, hire you. <laughs> you know, it's like mm. you, you mm. have to take an action that moves you forward into the future and doesn't keep you stuck like the dog chasing his tail. That's the past. That's the, the, the past, right? Then the fourth step is the P of, I use it for two things, prepare and plan. Those who don't prepare, you know, I'd rather prepare all the time. I never have plan B's, but I have 10 plan A's. And the reason I have plan A's is because if one plan A didn't work, I'm not going to give less of my, uh, my presence and my time and my energy to another, you know, to another plan. So you got to plan and prepare, be prepared for the worst, be prepared for the best, have a plan, you know, for anything in life. You know, it's, it's true what they say that those that fail to plan are planning to fail. It's true for me. And so if you don't have plans, but how do I plan? I get this of a lot of people. If the government is choosing for me, I'm like, plan even for that. Uh -huh. plan, if, if plan, plan even for that. So plan to say no. Yeah. Plan to call, you know, people that you know in the government. Plan to research. Plan to get to know your rights. Like right now, my kids and I, everybody's again. So make a plan just in case. If the just in case doesn't come, that's okay. You're not going to create a reality, but you're going to prepare for any reality. And the last, the fifth step, I'm going fast, but is the that's T. Great. A D A P T, the T of transform together. And the mm -hmm. reason I added the together is because we want to transform. But nowadays, how humanity's emergencies, we got to think if what we're choosing 
if our awareness, our decisions, our actions, our plans, our preparedness, our preparation is helping us together as a community, as a relationship, in parenting, mm. as, a, as a government even, you know, is this really helping us to transform together or is this getting us all stuck? I don't, I'm not even going to speak about that, but so that's, if you have one of these steps, know that it's going to, the, the power of adaptation is like a universal law. It will pull you into it. If you have awareness, it will call you to make decisions. If you are making decisions, it will call you to make actions. If you make actions, you, it's going to call you to plan and prepare. Mm -hmm. And once you have any of these in place and you make them a ritual of practice, a core value of who you are, you're going to transform together. It's impossible for people not to transform when they see you, Ronnie, or when they hear good public speakers that are taking action are leaving their word and their word is their walk. You mm. know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, this is how we emerge as a humanity. This is right. how we create emergence. This is how we design futures. This is how we are solution oriented instead of problem finders. Mm -hmm. That's 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 amazing. There we could we, we yeah, I mean we could go deep into each one of those. <coughs> Excuse me. Um the thing that I, I get from all that too is that it's it's really about taking control of your life. It's 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 really about adapting to sovereignty, really. Like, yeah, there's <clears throat> there's so many different perceived problems, limitations, deficiencies issues in our world that are all that are all real and depending on our attitude and where we're directing our mental and emotional energy it's going to it's going to almost like self-organize the the problem or the solution itself right so it's like yes. you see what you see based on what you're looking at and so it feels like what what i'm getting from what you're saying is that if you take that energy and you take it away from the world of external phenomenon and all the 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 this and the that out there, everything that's going out there and how that's affecting me, and we redirect that energy into my life, and I make a plan for myself, and that can and, and obviously that 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 starts in one area of your life. Okay, maybe the most the biggest priority is that I'm stressed out. I have fear. Um, my physical body is tired. I'm not sleeping the way I need to. My relationships are suffering. So I need to prioritize my physical well-being. Okay, great. Then let me make a plan to do that. Yes. Let me prioritize yes. that. And then, you know, and then it, it, it builds itself from there. And all of a sudden, that energy becomes productive instead of deconstructive from stress and worry and concern and fear of, what, what, what's going to happen to me, little old me in this victim attitude, I actually, so in other words, like we become the hero in our story by being proactive versus just reactive to everything going on out there. Yeah. You know, I read a quote long time ago with one of my teachers. I, I think it was in India that said, God, God supports the brave, the mm. universe supports the courageous. And, and uh, just know, being proactive is actually being alive. Any other than that is, you know, it's, it's, uh, you are dormant to your own power. You are dormant to your own abilities. And, you know, that people always say life is not promised for everyone. I always said that is promised. 
we have one promise that it's coming let's live fully you know let's risk powerfully let's let's face fear you know fear uh, people are scared of fear but that's I don't know if you have been able to free yourself from that I haven't and I've been meditating since 12 mm -hmm. you know all of that and but now for me fear is a is a signal for me it's like take this energy forward forward energy appearing in reverse fear you know forward energy appearing in reverse so when you we do the proactivity and the prior i like the priorities i'm going to add it in the adapt i think that was what was missing in the formula adapt that thing this is going to be ronnie landis you know a <laughs> contribution we got to prioritize prioritize plan and then from there you know uh, prepare with that plan but um yeah proactivity that's what makes us alive that's where we meet God, you know, proactivity eventually leads you to God activity or soul mm, activity. Mm. And, and that, you know, that just makes sense. It doesn't make sense any other way. Well, it, it's like you're pushing the story forward, right? Mm. Instead of just like, oh, let's just see what happens and let's see what tomorrow brings and let's see what the narrative is going to be tomorrow and see how I feel about it based on oh my whatever God. my emotional response versus, <coughs> excuse me versus if i'm proactive i'm gonna push the story forward if i don't like the story in my life then i need to push the movie forward i need to do something to create some momentum <coughs> excuse me in any given direction at this point because maybe there's stagnation and so now it's like okay like yeah yeah that's that's kind of what i got from it that's what came up for me is like how do we how do we create momentum and push the story forward so we can get on with a better story versus staying stagnant and waiting for things to change yeah you know as we move forward god moves godwards uh, uh, through us okay yes you know like yeah as we when we move like it's existence that moves with you you know it's like you can see it in nature for anybody that I, I do not have i or entertain myself with the beliefs of i'm stuck or stagnated i just think of of vultures. Uh, <laughs> That's mm. this how my mind operates. You know, instead of thinking that, I just think of a vulture watching me. Yvonne is not moving. My Yvonne is like, you know, it's beginning to be kind of gray or something. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not ready for that. I'm, I gotta move. You know, I mm. just went through the the virus thingy. You know, I yeah. I got I got that experience. I went through it, and I was able to watch. You know, my thoughts. You know, awareness. And I was able to watch how I was breathing super well, you know, breathing. I was breathing well. I had my oxygen meter, whatever. I was 99% of oxygen. And my thoughts, you know, then the stories that are stuck were telling me, but why I've heard or what I've known, mm -hmm. you can't breathe. You should go to the AR. I was like, what the future? I'm not, I was like, this doesn't make sense. My body is breathing. You know, my oxygen is high. My thought is telling me you cannot breathe because I've listened to the news, because I've, I've been part of narratives of people that are, have died from this and all of that. And But I was able to detach from the thought and I was like, dang, this is fear. This is stock energy, right? This is, this is like water stagnated. I got to move it, like you say. So that's how, you know, that's when I began to take action uh, purposefully. I took all the vitamins that are very well known over all over the internet right now, all the medications that people are banning, horse medication, all of that. <laughs> I, I healed. 
You know, it, it was, but the most important was the movement of my thoughts because mm -hmm. I was able to separate, you know, like the, the stagnated water and see the vultures of my negative thinking or the negative thinking narrative that I absorbed also from the world. That was the pandemia for me, right? And then move the energy forward. And now my story is being in your podcast right now. We mm -hmm. both are designing a brilliant future for ourselves and for others. We're sharing something that contributes to society. We both right now are emerging together. Yes. Thanks to that too. So I, I just love what you, what the revelation that came to you. Me too. And <laughs> the quest, there's a question I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. And so do you feel that we can spontaneously heal the past by, by literally taking all that energy and focusing it 100% on our, on the future that we want to create. Like in other words, completely collapsing or detaching from whatever past story, et cetera, even, even actual trauma that's happened to us. And because I think that's actually how we heal. That's my determination on it now is like, we actually heal yeah, obviously you have to be able to resolve unresolved aspects of self, but I don't think it happens by just going through the treasure box of the past and pulling everything out. Um, I think that's a part of it, but I think it, it's like finding the nuggets of wisdom or the, the blessings and the stressing, so to speak, the blessings in the, the events that happened and then putting all yes. that energy forward do, do you yes. feel like that's that's really kind of the 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 formula? Well, in my experience, serving 10,327 people in rebirthing, in shadow work, and all of that, the moment that people move forward is when they find the golden nugget of the past. It's like uh -huh. quickly, it's like if we were miners and yeah. we're in a mine that is about to collapse, we got to go in quick. We got to find the golden nugget. But the people that have moved the faster, like yeah. shield, is the ones that honor what they lived. Mm, not avoid, okay. Okay. not numb, not even think I got to heal it. I'm going to honor what I learned. I'm going to take the golden nugget. If it happens something terrible, I'm going to be a different person from it. What am I going to do into the future? And then the moment they honor it, the future begins to expand. Wow. The, the past begins to shrink. Mm -hmm. So the memories begin to be that happened. But what is happening is bigger than what uh, happened to a me. Uh -huh. It's kind of a is still something that you went through because I don't want to bypass anything that I went through. Yeah. You know, the fact I, I experienced, uh, you know, abuse and all of that. I'm not going to numb it like, but I understand. And, you know, it's because in my planets, we're in the charts, house seven. No, <laughs> I went through that. I went through that with that person. I'm not going to create more stories. I'm going to name it by fact. I honor that I survived. I honor that I thrive and I honor that I don't want to become like that person. I honor that now I can help people move forward from that in a faster way, in a more easy way. But it's, it's you expand into the future and the future becomes bigger. Your reticular activation system that has been focused on the past begins to detour and suddenly looks like, oh, that looks more brilliant. That looks more expansive. That actually is calling me. You are pulled. Mm -hmm. You're pulled. The yeah. Future, which is now it's like a vacuum. You know, it's it's the past has gravity of density. Yes. The future is like a vacuum. It's a vortex where you begin to really expand. 
Mm, okay, that that's beautiful. There's two quotes that come to mind. Michael Beckwith said that hmm. you're either pulled by a vision or pushed by pain. Oh, I love that. Make that love. that right there is super powerful. And then I there's another quote by Paul Check, which is, "If you have a dream big enough, you won't need a crisis to wake you up." You know, I learned that. <laughs> I just learned that. You know. <laughs> That, that is so epic. I'm, you know, one of my teachers uh, believed that everybody needed catharsis until I began to think, why do we need to live all of our life in catharsis to experience one day of freedom? So I really like what you just said, because the catharsis can be a place that we visit maybe once every six months or once every pandemic. Hopefully there won't be more right now. I think it's going to take a hundred, a couple of hundred years for this to repeat where we have a long wrong with this one yes. but uh, i love that i love that there's uh you know we we got to learn to emerge in illumination right in the moments mm. of revelation uh to take responsibility for our creation to visit the catharsis but quickly not not romance ourselves in the drama that's the challenge uh, we romance uh. ourselves in like i suffer i'm holy no you wow. suffer move out of there you know well, yeah, yeah out get out of that yeah, you get out, learn, you know, because the hero is never found on the pit. The, the hero finds itself when he gets out of the pit, right? When he returns with the elixirs of mm. what he learned to the community. It's, it's the coming home, right? It's the homecoming ceremony. That's when the hero's journey again begins. So, yeah, we right. could speak like for hours of this. Of well, I mean, this the, these perspectives are so are so like they're well they're first of all they're universal like they're built into the mythology of the human experience and the hero's journey itself and right. and i feel like the hero's journey is a template to explain the cyclical uh sequence of events that we all go through in the micro in the macro so that's helpful to know that there's actually an, an a self-organizing like mechanism to our life like the things that happen in our life are not random events and it's not just based on karma and yes i do believe in karma and dharma i think it's a much more sophisticated sophisticated yes. conversation but i don't believe it has anything to do with victimhood and i think that's the thing that you're really driving at, and that's what i'm getting is that we need to emerge out of this entrainment of victimhood that's based on trauma and and to your point of what you just said, glamorizing and self-indulging in our trauma because it actually, we're able to feel something because we've been so desensitized Yes, in society. We've been like in some kind of weird sitcom, black and white reality called right. like life in, in the 21st century. And so we've been, we've been desensitized through addiction and, yes. and, and so like, at least the trauma helps us feel something, but then we have a story about it that further romanticizes it. And what, what you're saying is like, look, like that's a trap. That's actually a complete trap. And we need to, we need to awaken the, the, the sacred human heart in the soul that powers this whole thing to actually emerge to, you know, uh, an experience of, of being human that there's yes. much more to experience than just, than just that yes you know uh, what you just said uh we gotta stop allowing the seduction of trauma to get us into a hypnotic oh man uh, a hypnotic 
I suffer, therefore I'm holy. You know, right now I suffer, therefore I'm holy. I suffer, therefore I'm human. No, you're human when you thrive. You're human when you meet God inside of you. You're human when you support others, when you live. Mm. I really believe that those who are living their core values right now are the most incredible spiritual teachers of our times, more than manifesting yes. the booty like the sacred ash or right. the true, you know, in Buddhism, the, the true diamond sutra and the diamond teachings, right? There's three aspects of Buddhism that I love. Uh, honoring the Buddha, which is the enlightened one, the awakened one in you, mm-hmm. in you and in all beings. Number two, following and learning from the Dharma that we're talking about, which is the sacred teaching, the sacred mm-hmm. knowledge mm-hmm. and application of them. And three, delivering them the solar hero's journey to the Sangha, the community, that your purpose of your awakening mm-hmm. and your living creates something for the community where we all can thrive. There can be drama in there. There can only be the Dharma, the awakening, the, the community. So as we emerge, there's going to be a death of the me persona. There's going, right. to, be a, there's going to be a death of I suffered, therefore you should bow to me. No, there's going to be a death of selfishness and an awakening into either we transform together the last T of adapt or I transform together with someone else, you know. We're going to move forward no matter what, because that's the beauty of the soul running. Yeah. We are going to move forward. We're going to move forward and God works. It's been, it's just, this is the hero's journey of God. Wow. Wow. The hero's journey of God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just was the whoa. I just felt Ooh. that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that. Phew, just talk about like, talk about perspective shift, because like all this really comes down to perspective. And that's what I learned from John D. Martini working with oh. him for a while and studying all his work. It all comes down to like equilibrating your perspective, knowing that there's always two sides to every situation. Wherever there's challenge, there's support. Wherever there's support, there's also challenge. Wherever, wherever there's positive, there's a negative pull. There's a feminine, a masculine. The body has anabolism, catabolism. It goes through detoxing and building. You need to have, you need to be equilibrated and balanced because there's a cycle to everything. There's an up and a down. It's just the way that it works, right? And it's beautiful. It's perfect. Thank God for that. Um, but I think what we do as human beings is we 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 go to extremes. And it's, and I know for me, I know for sure, I know about victimhood because I've found myself deep, and I know about suffering because I have found myself yeah. going deep into those spaces. And part of it was there, there was definitely a seduction quality to feeling all of those nooks and crannies because it was relatable. I could relate to Jesus Christ. Mm. I could relate to Siddhartha. Buddha. I could relate to all these 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 mythological and real historical figures, yes. and and I could relate to like the human struggle. But the problem was, I got so into relating to that at one point that it was hard to relate to bliss and <sighs> ecstasy and, and 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 more the divine exalted qualities that one would seek to emerge out of the suffering. So what I guess what I'm saying is like, it's interesting, right? Because like we have to experience the contrast, but we also have to know when enough is enough and it's time to, it's time to get back into the middle, the integrated road. 
I love that, you know, uh, suffering is so seductive. It's, it's what in Buddhism or, or in, in Christianism will be called the demons, the demonic, you know, seductive, uh, you know, lady, woman, man Oof. that is going to seduce you into Oof. the pleasures. And in Buddhism, it's called the maras, right? The yeah, maras, yeah. The, the illusions. The, but the seduction of suffering is nothing like the training of pain. So instead Oof. of suffering, those who we, we want to feel the pain and own it. Because the ownership of pain, not the seduction of suffering. Suffering is the story. Mm. Pain is the fact. When I own my pain, I earn my joy. Wow. There is something so powerful that, whoa, I got to thrive in that. I got to survive in that. I got to teach from that. I got to grow from that. I got to do a business from that. I got to serve community from that. I got to be a wiser person thanks to that pain that now I own. You know, you experience shame in suffering. You experience ownership in pain. And once I own it and my, you know, my nervous system begins to get strengthened, begins to have the knowledge, my central nervous system, my vagus nerve, everything mm. is like, you can do it. Whoa. Then the, the bliss is like the emergent fragrance of the essence of what we went through. Whoa. Whoa. That's, that's an amazing distinction. Like the seduction of suffering, which is an entropic, deconstructive, like really omni negative force it's like a force it's like it, it yes. is a, it's a negative force that just takes you down into like death decay destruction entropy everything's just getting worse and worse it's, it's the worst ever and then there's oh, what you said owning your pain which is like yeah we're, we're all going to feel pain and like when i go to work out in the gym i don't i don't I go to just <laughs> hang out like i i push to a point of like perceptual pain not like to hurt myself but like discomfort be in because i know that that's the way that i excel the way that i i create more resilience um yeah. and that so i just that that distinction you just made was super powerful because that's a that's a that's a slippery slope like that's not always obvious to most of us like that that subtle distinction sometimes we you know you how do you how are you going to own suffering Mm. Well, you know, and what you just said is because it's so hard, the suffering and the fear, because it's so seductive that once you are in, it's like a destructive relationship or like a addiction to sex or an addiction to something, mm. you know, it's not right, but the Ooh. seduction is so deep. You, you have your mirror neurons, your, your pathways, you know, it's, they, they are linked with a non-existent form. Whoa. So to realize like I'm actually in a romance with something that is not. It's like it will take your ego to die. It will take all the pretenses, all the Photoshop realities that you created around this entity that was never there. Whoa. You know, it will take you to surrender to who Whoa. you are and then feel the pain, the fact. I never want to numb the fact that I lost an arm and I picked it up. It was painful as hell. You know, but I, I got I got it right now. But I could have created a story like, and you know, and God and the angels, you know, God and the angels gave me the force to pick up my arm, my arm right there. I don't want to avoid the facts with the seduction, mm -hmm. but the seduction is, you know, you've seen it right now, all the propaganda going on in the world. You you are seeing it. The seduction is so big, the promise of freedom, the promise of so many perks. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a global seduction right now. And we got to stay firm, super focused, mm. super aware, own our stuff and emerge as yes. our own true self. 
Yes. Oh, what a conversation. Oh, man. Wow. It's so, <laughs> so powerful. It's so powerful. So owning, owning your pain and you can't own something unless you feel it. You got to go through it. And that for me, that really brings up this whole, you know, the whole thing around addiction because addiction is suffering. It's the wheel of samsara. It's the samsara, and it's it's it is the wheel of suffering. This perpetual wheel of just recycling my suffering and all the things we we talked about. It it's just seduction. Let's just call it. It's like the the seduction frequency energy. Richard Rudd talks about it. The addiction frequency and the gene keys. It's 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 really actually when you really tune into it, it's it's like kind of like a disgusting frequency when you really tune into it. You can feel it's just gnarly. It's just like, oh, like it just doesn't feel good. Right. But I, I can say like going through medicine ceremonies and feeling my way through my pain. Yes. My soul trauma and pain. It felt completely different. It was like, I've been shattered. I've been shattered in front of an entire ceremony circle of people during ceremony, completely shattered into a state of being like a wailing child crying on the ceremony floor in front of everyone. That was one of the most cathartic healing experiences and there was no suffering because there was no resistance. If I had yes. resisted it, I would have suffered, but I just went fully into it. And it was immense amount of like what we would call pain, sadness, yes. sorrow, loss, yes. some sort of yes. past life event. But, but, but being able to feel it move through me is a, was a level of pleasurable pain is the best way to put it that liberated me from the suffering of holding that you know that pleasurable pain because i work with so many people the pleasure is not in the pain the pain is the pain but the pleasure is the fragrance of your joy is your uh -huh, bliss uh -huh, telling you uh -huh. ronnie you went through it it's like the divine yeah, mother yeah. waiting for you telling you sweetheart i'm here so you begin to feel why do i feel pleasure in, in joy in, in pain you know it's, it's not the pain is there, but you you earn the right for your joy. So you begin to experience mm -hmm. like expansion. You begin to experience safety. To cry for front of a community that is actually not judgmental. That's yes. that's one of the big things in family constellations. The tribe that includes it all, where everything has a right to exist. And suddenly you drop the shame, you drop the suffering, you experience the pain, and joy begins to show up. And it says, "I'm not going to seduce you. I'm going to be you." And with you and through you that that's just that, that just that. gets me elated it elevates me you know mm. because i know that's possible for so many humans so. well that's i mean that's so beautiful it's in the word that came up for me was that it, it was sacred it's sacred that's the sacredness of life and i think that's right? why i think that's why sometimes we hold on to things too because there's a there's a sentimentalism there's a sense of sacredness and all we know is to hold on to things um, which from a human condition perspective, that makes a lot of sense. But then if we're holding something that needs to be liberated, then it becomes suffering. Yes. Wow. It, because there's meaning there. It actually means the things we go through and the challenges that we go through actually have meaning. But if we haven't actually felt our way through it, we don't unlock the the 
the the the power of it we just hold on to it because we don't want to let it go and that's that's the that's kind of like the paradox i love that you know what i just received this is now this is a upload i call it upload <laughs> instead of downloads you know i just received like when god becomes your whole meaning there's not going to be any meaning that is mean to you oh wow oh wow wow when god becomes your whole meaning going through these, through the virus, through the pandemic, through, through a broken relationship, mm. someone cheated, someone left me, I lost money. When you begin to have your whole meaning, that was something Swami Vivekananda, Swami Yogananda, the highest Kriya yogis, Rumi, Shandita Breeze, all the ecstatics, right? Yes. It was God, everything, everywhere, not in a way that they will mm. numb their existence, but in a way that they will be present to existence oh. as existence itself. So just let that sink in. This is, this is a transcendental thought. This is a thinking outside the, the confines of the mind, right? Like when God becomes the whole meaning and the only meaning, oh. what can we say after that? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm I, mean, I mean, this is just, this is keep, this could go on forever. I mean, yeah, I like, and now, I mean, you know, bring God into the conversation. I mean, that's, I that, that to me, that to me has been the ultimate discovery of of the ultimate discovery in this whole process for me personally yes discovering for real that there is the absolute antithesis to god that yes. has infiltrated its way throughout every sector of civilization in society and is making its 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 prophetic push towards control and tyranny and all of it right disguised as this thing and that thing and this thing and the whole thing just really getting really intimately close with that adversarial force in the world had actually brought me directly into the into god it made me it made me realize not intellectually, but it made me realize in multiple full-bodied experiences that if that exists and that is what it appears to be, then that means that God is absolutely real. Oh yeah, you know that I, I you know, I, for me, God, God is like yeah. So we can talk hours about this, but you know, you, you just what you just said, it just reminded me, you know, of a message I received in 2019 that. Just I'm recording the YouTube video. It's going to come out in New Year's where I received this message that when, when the devil goes hunting, God goes fishing. Whoa. And the fishing multiplies. The Whoa. hunting, That's you know, crazy. it's so super powerful. And that we, you know, when we experience God in us, in all, or, you know, however, the highest frequency of consciousness, however you want to call it, uh, we don't have to have faith in God. Because God existence already has faith in us. So just Oof. let that sink in. It's super healing. Just and just entertaining that frequency. There's a moment of a pause for anyone that believes or doesn't believe, where for a moment our nervous system rests, hope begins to emerge, our heart, there's coherence with our heart and our mind. For one microsecond, God goes in and we're reset, resurrected, and emerging right now. The faith of a grain of a mustard seed is all yeah. you need. That's it. And that's like the the Richard Rudd talks about those little moments of grace. 
It's not this big grandiose thing on the top of no. the mountain after you've you struggled <laughs> your way all the way to the top of the mountain, oh. right? Which, hey, that's a very masculine tendency, and I get it. Is there's very spiritual? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's and it's it's part of it's part of a paradigm that we're emerging through, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're emerging, you know, it's it's the levels and layers of the whole thing, but those little moments of grace where like a bird drops into your, your awareness and you have the, you just have the, the presence to see something beyond the trivial, you know, superficial, like, you know, the mind, the, the mind and it's all of its little concerns. And you just see, you see life, you see creation That's enacting it. itself in front of you. And it, it does something it's like, and it doesn't, and it may not even seem like, you know, you go about your day and whatever, it doesn't, may not seem like anything or like, for, I know for me, some of those biggest moments have been the breakthroughs that came from immense breakdowns, like, like, or like in a relationship or yeah. issue where it's like, oh man, okay, this is the, this is definitely the one it's over now. Oh, <laughs> or like in, in ayahuasca ceremonies where I'm like, oh damn, you just, okay, it, you're definitely not getting out of this one. Like, whoa. And then somehow it shifts. And then I'm, I'm now in the presence of the divine. I have no idea how I got there. I didn't even, I didn't even get there, but I'm there now. And it's like, yeah. just those moments of grace. It's it, I guess what I'm saying is like, it almost feels like the more I, I tune into that and I get present to that, it's almost like, it feels like there's an, a, an energy that carries me through that is versus correct. me having to, to push through it's like almost like something carries me through those moments where my ego is convinced that, yep, this is it. Well, when the ego is surrendered and when the concept of the ego, I always say Freud didn't exist and the term ego was not there. Will we be speaking about that? But oh, what man. you are explaining is like a surrender, right? It's the famous surrender and what Richard says of grace. All those, those micro moments are when we allow God and God is flow. Okay, beautiful. So we, we enter into the flow, and that's with, to keep the topic going, you know, in, in, in that pointed focus. We emerge. We emerge from our own darkness. We emerge from our own illusions, and we are carried. I love what you said, because we're being bred. We're the bread of God right wow. now. We're being breathed mm -hmm. by creation. If we have bread, I don't have to think about the bread. Some intelligence wants me to be alive right now. What purpose, you know, I, it's my job to find out, but it's like, oh, wow, you know, I'm being breathed right now. I'm the breath of God. I'm being breathed by God right now. Something in existence considers that I am a valuable contributor to Whoa. society right now. Whoa. Let's, let's, let's emerge. Let's so, emerge. Let's let us emerge. Wow. Okay. Um, so Ronnie, I have a couple yeah. of gifts for your audience. Please, if that's yes. okay. It's Please. If, if anybody would like to experience this energy of, of a flow of God of being more present and, and being able to move forward, not backwards, you know, forward, honor the past. I have a free movement, 21 days of faith in action that it went viral. I opened it up in 2006 and I went viral all over Latin America. Wow. I invited six people. It, it turned out to be millions of people all over. We have it in English now. So people can go to the LaFleurTeachings.com, uh, the slash, how do you call it in English? The oh, thing. The thing. <laughs> <laughs> the thing slash, forward For, slash. Forward, forward slash. Forward yeah, slash yeah, yeah. faith. And you can enroll in the 21 Days of Faith in Action freely. 
and uh, and that's it, you know. And we have a podcast that we recorded you in Sovereign Futures that now is called Spirituality. Now, if you want to hear Ronnie, you know, you can go there. Now it's called Spirituality Now, and I'm going to have you as a guest back again. So, but now with the, the term Spirituality Now, so Beautiful. that's the gift. So hopefully, everybody is served by that faith in action. Oh my gosh, that that that's 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 it. That's what this show is all about: faith and action. I like the way that you you completed our whole little talk about God because that, that is again that that is the conversation of conversations. And in fact, it's the only conversation I'm really interested in at this point. And you you just made it super practical for for even me for all of us. It was a reminder of like, yeah, you know, what's the felt experience of god or or the divine flow so is anybody trying to understand god understand flow anybody trying to understand the flow understand god yeah you want to understand men you want to understand the feminine well then just try to understand flow and try to get yeah. rid of the rest yeah it's, it's just that the, yeah. the flow gets rid of the rest we don't do it uh, uh, mm. it does it you know Touché. it does it yeah all right yeah <laughs> thank you Ronnie, so good for I, me. yeah i adore you i appreciate thank you so you, much my beloved and, um, brother thank you so much for being here thank you everyone